And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Thank you again, Rich Palladino. And yes, it is I, the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant, and now claiming himself to be the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Oh. Juice, I don't think I asked you this. You get a haircut? It looked good. I didn't get a haircut. Oh, your hair just looks well styled today. You know what it is? I haven't showered yet. <laughs> my bedhead, like, my front hair, like, sticks out. So. Well, it looks good on you. Bedhead looks good on you. <laughs> Juice, we don't got a guest this week, but we don't need a guest. Because if you're a true top of the cage listener, you'll know that we, we, don't, we don't start out with guests. We never started out with guests. Um, we came full circle last night with, with Chase Del Monte. Uh, coming on the podcast so maybe no more interviews just kidding there definitely be more interviews good <laughs> there's a lot to talk about i mean we are now two weeks removed from wrestlemania 38 and wrestlemania weekend uh boasted quite the card not only for wwe but wrestling in general um why don't you take us through juice just some of your favorite matches from that weekend GCW had Bloodsport, and from that, uh, Biff, uh, we, we talked about it in the Chase interview, I brought up, Biff Music versus um, Mox, that was a banger, that was bloody, it was only 10 minutes long, and it was the longest match in the card, Bloodsport's usually like pretty short matches, it was still a masterclass, it was still so fucking good, another Ring of Honor Super card, it was pretty eventful, that was probably, got a lot of buzz, because that's just some uh, Joe A.W., Debut was announced there, but um, had a lot of great matches. Gresham and Bandito, title unification match. That was a banger. And, of course, the match that a lot of people claim as the best match of WrestleMania weekend. And I, I kind of, I'd say it's up there. I think it's top three for me. It's um, the long-awaited tag team match between FTR and the Briscoes. That was also just awesome. So many great matches. New Japan had Lone Star Showdown, which had a bunch too. Impact had multiverse matches. Jay White had his first Impact loss to Chris Saban, I think. That was great. It was Chris Saban. I, I think matches of the weekend, though. WrestleMania 38 was uh, night one and night two. Those were probably my favorite events still. I mean, they just were so fun. And I was pleasantly surprised by night one. Night two, I was a little let down, but it was still really fun. Like, it was still good. So, let's just talk. Uh, Bill, what's your favorite match from WrestleMania 38? If I had to pick my favorite match from WrestleMania 38, uh, it's tough to say. Because I really liked Becky and Bianca from an in-ring standpoint. I really love seeing Bianca get that win back. Like, a dominant, good-looking win. Like... I, I think both of them looked so good coming out of that match. Bianca with that can't never say die attitude. 
Becky with that. I do not want to lose my championship. My championship is who I am. Like just that slow build to Becky going legitimately psychotic and it costing her in the end. I, I just thought that that was a really good story that was told. I thought that the in-ring action really, really was up to par for that as well. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I think night one was pleasantly surprising. I, I obviously love Stone Cold Kevin Owens. We all knew it was happening. You know, if you read a dirt sheet, you know that that was like the reported main event of WrestleMania of night one for like a month. Um, and then they said it was a segment. And then everybody was like, KO comes out, talks shit. Austin comes out, rides a vehicle, talks shit. And then when, when Austin walked out in his ring gear, by the way, very surprised like that that was the moment i was like oh yeah like you can't just have stone cold walk out with the bionic redneck knee braces and just like not expect people to be like oh yeah he's definitely fucking having a match otherwise like everything else was pretty good you know i i don't know like there's really not too many that like are, are really jumping out at me right now like i remember night one being like really really entertained by it night two I really liked like the, the comedy match, Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville. I, I like silly wrestling, and that was definitely silly wrestling personified. I thought that Roman and Lesnar fell super duper flat. And whether it's because Roman actually did legitimately get an injury, I know all the Twitter doctors out there had their red circles around the bulging muscle that was coming off Roman's arm. And as he was telling Paul Heyman, my shoulder, I think it's up, blah, 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 blah. Maybe he was legit hurt. I don't know. But I don't know. You can't build something as the biggest WrestleMania match in history and just have it be a normal Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match, especially since both of them are two completely different characters since the last time that they've squared against each other. Yeah, they shouldn't have built it that way. And also, like, we've, we've seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns five million times, including WrestleMania. Like, that wasn't a match I was dying to see. Luckily, there was a lot to love like stone cold ko that you brought that was just my eyes glued to the screen that entire time the segment to all the way to the end of the match stone cold getting his win and uh his walk in the sunset in in front of his uh home state crowd that was sick uh i loved watching freaking just jackass four and a half (laughs) be a wrestling match that was that was a blast. If someone likes the Jackass franchise, see I'm all the Jackass guys. Well, majority of them. Logan Paul, he impressed me. Like I kind of want to see him in the ring, which I'm sure with that ending, with Miz, you know, betraying him, but that it's gonna come. But what do you think about your Pokemon guy, your Pokemon card guy? What do you think of him wearing that uh, Pikachu card? So I'll be honest. I'll I'll eat my I'll eat my words here. So. When I first saw him tweet and post that picture, it was a lot of there was a lot of speculation about what card that was because again, as a Pokemon guy, um, that card is called a Pikachu Illustrator card. Um, it is, I think, one of it's one of one because it's a PSA ten Gem Mink ten graded card, which is like so a very hard thing for cards, especially for the card that it is to be. Um, I think it was released back in nineteen ninety nine. It was given out as a prize card to, I think it's either five or 10. I can't remember the exact number, but five or 10 people got that card as, um, as, a, as like a, a trophy for winning a Pokemon art contest, like a Pokemon company art contest. Um, I think their, their art got featured on a card or something like that too. I don't exactly remember the story word for word, but regardless, 
that was the legit biggest private sale Pokemon card ever. I think it was $5.25 million. Uh, as a collector, I originally thought that those cards were only like one to two million, but I didn't know it was a PSA 10. And it being a PSA 10, one of one is like remarkable. But I will also say Logan is known for really stirring up the Pokemon market because he has done fake cards before. He has done just like scummy shit to like make his own valuable Pokemon cards more valuable. But I fucking love it though. Like regardless of everything I just said, I fucking love it because if I was him and I had a casual $5 million Pokemon card that like the basic ass dudes who are just going to shit talk me on Twitter are going to be like, this motherfucker's walking out with a fucking Pokemon card. Like what a nerd. Like, bro, this is a fucking $5.5 million chain around my neck. Like you don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> that's my rant that's my rant because <laughs> i mean his whole thing the paws are all about stirring up they that's what they want so hey he uh, chase said it too like his mannerisms his heel mannerisms were awesome and he found the camera everywhere he was like that's what i was really impressed with because i know even a lot of like nxt guys have a lot of trouble finding the hard cam and like working the cam and i thought he did it so well yeah that's the one thing i really noticed too like found the hard cam every time and had these perfect shots and moments that you would not expect the dude's first time in the ring him being able to do that like even like Stephen amell's wrestled a bunch of times wasn't able to do that a few times and then like bad bunny and logan ball can like it's in there you know <laughs> like it's their job <laughs> yeah i i've been seeing a lot of people saying that it's setting up for miz and paul to be a match at room at the next wrestlemania because it's going to be in los angeles which hey if if you're really going to go for it go for it i i would love to see the miz and logan paul go against each other did you see the report though that the reason the match ended not the match but like the what the after match antics ended the way they did because in logan's paul's contract with the with the match he signed that he had to end the match as a good guy really yes it was apparently in his contract that he had to leave wrestlemania looking like a good guy i'm not joking like that that was a legit report he's still gonna get food <laughs> exactly but those 12 year olds bro you gotta you gotta keep the 12 year olds on your side was there any other matches that really stood out to you? I, I want to shout out Pat McAfee, even though I, I, I personally didn't think it was like an amazing match. I think Pat is just kills it though. Like great charisma, great actual like talent in the ring. But I think it was just a little overshadowed by everything else that was going on that weekend. Yeah, uh, it was a solid match. Like I, I enjoyed the match because I'm a big Pat, big Pat McAfee guy. Awesome theories, a special like young talent too. It was more shadowed by the weekend, like all of the big things that you said, and like so many celebrity matches. Well, three, but you know, like Logan Paul got a lot of buzz, and so did the Sammy that was earlier in the night. But also, it got overshadowed by the segment that followed after, like Vince versus Pat right after, and then Stone Cold stunning everyone. Like Vince McMahon, you are way too old to take a stunner. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that wasn't the best. <laughs> that was a. That was bad. Like, it was good. like a double stunner because Stone Cold didn't know what to do. Like, how 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 is Stone Cold one of the best characters you created in the 30, 40, 50 years you've owned WWE? And 
you've probably taken the most stunners out of anybody in WWE history. And you can't, you don't remember that there's a boot before the stunner. It's not good. (laughs) It was not good. That was one bad moment of fun, fun little segment that I liked. Um, I, I, you know, I had a blast. It's Pat McAfee is a big personality. Stone Cold is, uh, theory is. Wait, why are we forgetting the obvious? I thought Cody's debut was phenomenal. Love him or hate him. That's exactly how he wanted to come back to WWE. That's exactly the reaction that he wanted. That's exactly the reaction WWE wanted. And that's exactly the match that WWE wanted to put on against a good hand. Both of them, I thought, really delivered. I didn't think it was a stellar match, but I thought it was a good match. Do you think Cody's going to be um, Reigns' next opponent? I don't know. I hope it's Drew. Because I, I also want to say, too, because since we're on the topic of Drew McIntyre, kicking out of the end of days was a pop for me. Like, that was a legit, like, holy fucking shit. Did that just actually happen? And, like, us wrestling nerds, we know that the end of days have never been kicked out of before that. But I just hope that they don't use that as, like, a, okay, now everybody's going to kick out of it sort of thing. Yeah, no, it, it should be really similar to that. Because, I mean, Drew's supposed to be a big guy and one of their big stars. And I think he does a deserve his moment when a title in front of a crowd i do think that's i do think he'll be the one to throw a range i'm just curious what do the double belts like like i mean one and lose the other or i would just unify the belts bring back big gold and i want a tournament i love tournaments so give me a raw tournament like have reigns unite them on smackdown and drew be the next contender and have a tournament on raw and have like cody or seth or uh the greatest wrestler level with Riddle, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be fun to see like Randy and Riddle be on like opposite sides of that bracket and then have them face in the finals. And it's just like a like there's nothing they can do about it sort of scenario. Yeah, and it could you could continue the feud because like whichever one's one's titles, like the other one turns another one and you continue the feud past the tournament. Right. I think it would be fun even for Randy to win because I think that would put Randy at 16, right? He's currently a 15-time world champ, right? He's 14 or 15. I can't exactly remember the number because he just had a short title on to get it up. It's 14 or 15. I remember that. But yeah, it's. I, I think it would be fun for Randy to win. I, I also just really like Randy Orton. But like if it if Randy won and like tried to be all jokey with Riddle after and everything, and then just like that that switch finally clicked for Riddle and just like he became a killer, you know, I think that would be really interesting to see. I just don't want to boo anyone to boo Riddle. <laughs> well, you don't have to boo him. You've gone to enough indie shows to know that you're supposed to boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys, but that doesn't always happen because the bad guys are usually super fucking cool. So yeah, that's true. But I feel like WWE fans usually like stick to it because all the little kids just they do what WWE tells them to. <laughs> yeah, they 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 ain't woke like we are. Some indie shows don't even get bad guy boos. Like one thing I learned of um, I really like a, I started going feature stars of wrestling in Vegas. One thing I noticed about FSW shows, the heels will not get a single chair cheer unless it's me. <laughs> You're that guy. New England Indies, New England Indies, man. The JT Dunn and the unit are just too fucking cool. Yeah, it's just tough. And Alec Price, just everyone's a spoil of us. <laughs> so speaking on indies, I don't know if we're going to count this as technically an indie, 
But um, I see that you put on the sheet here, uh, Adam Shear, the Titan, also formerly known as Braun Strowman, had some statements against Tony Khan that he was trying to sabotage control your narrative, CYM. Um, what do you have to say about that, Jers? I guess there were reports that, like, um, well, Adam Shear was interviewed and said that there's, like, bots trying to make the CYM, like, look bad. And then um, I'm sure saying, like, is Tony Khan getting bots? Because And, like, Tony Khan also is, like, uh, holding back aw talent from signing on the cyn shows because tony khan sees them as a threat since they just got a tv deal it's a new tv deal and it's a it's like a app, new app <laughs> so i don't even know if it's isn't it one of those like comes with free with the roku apps or something like that yeah it's pro wrestling tv and it does come free with roku because i have roku tv i just got it today i just downloaded it <laughs> makes sense makes sense I'll be honest, I think the whole control your narrative thing, and like, I'm sorry, Adam and Ethan and Austin, everybody else who was involved with CIN, I think it's it's weird. I, I don't think it's for me, and I know there's a lot of wrestling out there for a lot of people, and I'm not gonna, like, kink shame your favorite wrestling, but, like, control your narrative is just too weird for me. Like, they're just trying too hard to be different, in my opinion, like, not really trying to shit on it because I, I respect the creative vision. I'm sure I do some creative things that people look at me online being like, what the fuck is this dude doing? But, like, it, it just, it ain't for me. I don't think Tony Khan sees him as a threat. I think more Tony Khan doesn't want his top stars going against Austin Aries. Yeah, and taking unnecessary L's and stuff that they don't need to. I think, I think he doesn't want them on something that has a TV deal because taking L's your town taking L's in indie shows like that's not a big deal them taking L's on TV that's kind of different but um I don't know how like really is TV but I'll watch it I kind of am into it because EC3 when he came when he got released and he went to Impact for a little stint to really like show the crowd the audience his new like character new direction of what he wants wrestling to be i i loved it like him and moose's feud and impact which really launched cyn i was that was probably my favorite feud going into i think bound for glory um it was multiple months like he is yeah it was a three months feud to start slam versus ec3 like cut a little promo then and then it went for three months and i would say that feud really launched ec3 and ec3 also had the same character ring honor Ring honor too, and I was digging it. I was digging it, and there's a lot of people on that roster I like. Some I'm not biggest fan of, but um, I'm curious to see them really have more freedom to do what they want and try something different. If it works, then you have a big option that's unique and offers something that other companies can't. And if it doesn't work, then at least they tried because E3 is a really creative guy that was held down. WWE really didn't give him a chance to be what he could be. And I think he's a really good wrestler. He's he's really great. And I like that he's getting to do what he really always wanted. So I'm rooting for him. Yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to kink shame the type of wrestling that you like, but I, I like over-the-top stuff. I like I like really weird, in-depth, very like niche crowd kind of stuff, but I, I, I don't know. The rules, the rules I understand are not supposed to make sense. 
And like, I understand that like when he does interviews and shit, like he purposefully is weird or like purposefully acts a weird way, but I don't know. I, I, you would think that that would be something I like, but it just doesn't do it for me. Some of the weird rules are weird considering who's on their roster. Like Flip Gordon, you're going to tell Flip Gordon and Austin Aries not to do uh, Tope Sucidas. <laughs> that doesn't really, that you think they're really going to not do that? But aren't there no disqualifications? Yeah, so if, how are they enforcing these rules? There's not no DQs. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that was something I saw on like a Twitter or like a Reddit thread. I don't remember exactly, but somebody was like, it's no DQ. Like they're not going to get in trouble for it. They're not going to lose the match by disqualification for it. I think it does it everything on purpose. Like, it's very obvious that everything is for a reason. The reason just isn't obvious. Yeah, we'll have to watch. Actually, one of us will have to watch and figure it out. I'll watch. I got yeah. the app on my Roku TV. <laughs> Which you can all get if, if you have a Roku. Another bit of wrestling news that has come out. This one's an interesting one, Juice. I, I think that it's a little surprising. I guess it is and isn't surprising because of, I, I think of both, quote unquote, of the allegations against this person. But Nash Carter has been released and there is now a five-team gauntlet match to crown new tag team champions. I know that you are um, an MSK, Mark, and I know that you liked them. So what do you think? I mean, I, I know that the reason that they were citing his release was because he had some like Nazi affiliation pictures, but there was also um, abuse allegations out against him. It doesn't seem like WWE released him for those reasons. I, I'm a little confused with the whole story. Yeah, I still don't really get why he was released with all these different things and then not being specific. But um, yeah, the abuse pictures were bad. And there's stuff saying that, like, this is kind of like a Johnny Depp Amber Heard. He said, she said situation seems like he he's him his friend wesley and wesley's wife who nash carter's been staying with for months they're saying that she was kimberly was the abusive one um it's just a shit show and i'm not gonna take a stand or make a thing because i don't i don't know enough information to say that i'm just gonna say the facts and the facts is nash carter's release um kimberly i think is still with impact so nothing she hasn't had any action taken against her yet I'm not saying she should i'm just saying you know she's important nxt tagged him gauntlet decided the champs and wesley's still with the, ro- the roster and also nash carter's the picture he sent like a snap to kimber of him like the mustache dude the nazi salute that was really bad like terrible like that don't do that but um if you're sending a snap to like your wife and you're like, like one day you're just shaving. Like, I've sent snaps to people of me shaving like weird designs. But have I sent a Nazi, uh, a Hitler mustache to someone? No. Because why? What's the point of that? That's kind of just bad. And like anyone can screenshot that. So no, I would never do that. That's just bad. Don't do that. That was his wife. He could have just been joking around. So it's just a mess up situation. Hope we get some like more concrete answers about it. In terms of Wesley, you know, you just stand up for his friends. When your friends do fucked up shit, you, you, 
you tend just to believe that they're a good person and they're, they're not the ones at fault. So I don't blame him for, you know, standing up for his friends. I hope he still has a job. I'm curious. He's been a tag team wrestler for so long. What What's next for him? I think he's a talented dude. I think he's a funny dude. He's a great wrestler, really innovative. I hope they find a part, a place for him in NXT still. Keep him in NXT. I think he'd be a good turn him heel, have him feud with uh, Cameron Grimes, or just keep him face and give him one like a one-off North Ring title match. Could you even have him and face Ron Breaker and Triple Threat or something? Uh, I keep him around. I think it is time to move him to the singles division. Don't find him a new partner. I don't think that will work. He spent years, years in multiple different places, not just NXT, trying to craft the tag team art and really form a connection with Carter. So I don't think it's going to work with anyone else. What do you think's next for Wes? I, it's tough to say. I, I like the look. I like the style in the ring. I, I just don't know. I, I hope he just doesn't go like get thrown together with somebody. I don't know. I think WWE and especially NXT is a lot for, you know, kind of getting thrown in the deep end and seeing who can swim. So maybe it's just a situation like that for him. You know, maybe, maybe they just say, all right, you know, you can still be Wesley. You know, you're still known. The fans know you, you're going to get cheered or booed depending on, you know, what, what affiliation he has. And do I see him going to singles? I, I don't see why not. I think that there is a lot of good wrestlers that are singles within NXT, but it's just kind of finding himself now, you know, it's just kind of who is Wesley without Nash Carter. I'm curious how, what ends up with the Nash Carter situation. Just seems like Nash Carter always gets him himself in like some type of trouble or scandal. Like MSK getting booed, you know, their faces. That was because of Nash Carter saying something with Izzy and Izzy's parents being regulars at the shows. <laughs> so I hate to be like, I've heard, he said, she said about this, but like, I've heard that the Izzy parent thing, like they've done that to like multiple people that like they've just told the crowd or told people to boo them for like no other reason besides that they just like didn't like them. But again, I, as he said, she said, I don't know if that's actually true or not. I know. I've just, I think it was revolved around the specific statements he said about her. Like, um, like she took like a pretty bad bump, um, and like Nash cars, Nash Carter and a lot of other people, Chelsea Green, Matt Cadona, a lot of people came out and being like, you don't let a 12 year old kid take a bump like that. <laughs> you never heard of CT. Stuff along that lines. And then they're all like, oh, you're trashing our little girl's dreams to wrestle and stuff. You know, um, it's for her that. But I, I also heard that, like, you know, they get offended quickly and fast and they boot a lot of people and turn the crowd against a lot of people because they take it a little too seriously. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that they like are known to put themselves over too. But again, this is all just hearing. I don't know if it's actually true or not. I've never seen a show at Full Sail or show at any of the NXT arenas, but. Anyone's listening, you know, um, go to NXT shows and report. Because uh, <laughs> they're pretty easy to register for. Yeah. If I'm ever in Florida, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, there's a Facebook group where, you, like, you can just register through that. I'm assuming you're a part of that Facebook group. 
Yeah, I am. Even though I'll probably never go to a show. The one one time. It's going to be like the one time it pays off. You're going to be like, oh, I knew there was a reason why I stayed in this Facebook group. I hope so. I hope so. I go for timing works. I can get in. I think uh, speaking of timing and closing the book, since we were talking about Facebook, John Moxley is set to have his AEW contract come close to an end. And I didn't know he has an opt-out clause. That's kind of interesting. What do you think is next for him? Um, I think the opt-out clause is going to really play a part since like it's so close to ending. Uh, it seems like if he's going to opt out, he would have done it by now. Uh, he seems to really like what he's doing. I think him and Woody Golan. Danielson are one of the top like attractions there right now and Moxley is one of their top attractions in general because he gets such a crowd buzz like he's ex- extremely vital that company I think he's gonna get a fat paycheck or a fat offer from uh Tony Khan I think Tony Khan's gonna you know try all the tricks to keep him and I think he has to because I think Vince McMahon would also pay him a lot of money too steal one of their top talents. They just stole one of AEW's top talents. Go for someone who had, was even bigger, in my opinion, and more vital. Not that Cody Rhodes wasn't extremely vital because he was a VP. He had some really amazing matches there, but i say Mox is one of their, you know, he's one of the, i say Mount Rushmore's of AEW at this point. I think he stays, and it's good, but it's going to keep take a lot of money. Fair enough. I mean, hey, if I was a master craft at my game, I would want a lot of money for it. Just saying. So if anybody ever out there wants to pay me money to do something, I'll probably do it for cheaper. Don't let me fool you. But the thing is, too, and I think kind of a, a match that we're sleeping on is his match with Yuta. I mean, like I'm legit getting chills thinking about that right now. Like that match was a beautiful match. I mean, just the amount of storytelling in it. Like the thing about Mox is like he's not flashy. He just punches you in the mouth. As he said to Danielson, I don't team with anybody. Or I don't team up with anybody until I bleed with them. And bleed did Yuta. I, I was just more impressed too with the amount of blood loss there was. But Mox's facial expressions and character work, like when he kicked out of that first paradigm shift, like backing the ref up in the corner. And like if Mox ever like looked at me and backed me into a corner like he did to the ref, I'd be pissing my pants. Like, that's just, like, there's just no other way to describe it. Mox is on the top of his game right now. I think the Blackpool Combat Club is one of the more interesting things about AEW right now. Not a big fan of the title scene right now. I, Adam Cole, I think, this is one of the first instances of w, or AEW being like WWE, where it's just, like, doing another championship match again just because it's going to be, like, a, a, a brutal match, you know. And I understand the heat with the Elite in the Bullet Club and all that stuff, but. I don't know. Adam Cole, I think Adam Cole needs to move on from Adam Page. Adam Page needs to move on from Adam Cole. Irregardless, uh, I think that Mox should stay in AEW because I really want him in the Blackpool Combat Club to take off. I think that it is a great launching point for Yuta. I think that they're just like one, one wrestling member short of them being like, I can see them being kind of like an evolution in the sense of like, Yuta is that young, good worker, kind of like Randy Orton-esque, who like can go in the ring, can work with the best of the best. And, you know, you can see him being a guy who is in main events to come for years to come. And you got the veteran in Danielson, you got the veteran in 
in uh, Moxley and like none of them really kind of equate to the Ric Flair of the situation. I would kind of almost call them both the Triple H of the situation. And I, I just think that they do need like a Daniel Garcia or I know another person that they've been rumoring um, to join it. Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty. Yes, that's who it was. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that they just need like a guy who is just like in your face, a young in your face, beat you up guy to kind of be that Dave Batista, the guy that you go in the ring with and he just kicks the shit out of you. Give me Mike Verna. <laughs> I'll take it. I take Mike Verna for sure. Verna, Verna has a great physique. You can go in the ring, chop your tits off. Like, I don't know. Also, one person I think that would be a good disciple of uh, Brian Danielson. Also, has, you know, has a little mean streak to him, that uh, indie guy, but you know, very popular in the indies, uh, very popular with us. We've already brought him up on this episode, or I have. Uh, Alec Price, I think that would be an interesting fit there. Not that that's going to happen. I'm just, you know, I'm just fantasy booking here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that Mox is having fun right now. Like, it looks like Moxley is legitimately having fun. Like, ever since he's returned from taking time away from wrestling to deal with his demons... Like Moxley has been on another level. Look wise, he's been great. Character wise, he's been great. Wrestling match wise, he's been amazing. Like I I think that that Tony would be very dumb to not pull out the checkbook for Moxley. He is worth every cent you're gonna get from him. Not only as like an in-ring worker, but just like a voice backstage. Moxley is an extremely smart guy. And not only like for working but just kind of knowing the wrestling business he's been there done that done anything from a death match to uh like what what was the match i I, it was like a thanksgiving dinner or like a christmas dinner like one of those like stupid wwe gimmick matches you know like just he's he's been in them all and he's he's been in multiple companies too and he's a legit you know he's a world champion in every promotion he's ever been in like it's it's just dumb to not to not keep him, not pull out the wallet for him. And uh, he was in a movie, too. He's a movie star. <laughs> what movie was he in? Uh, it was like one of those straight-to-digital movies. It was about like a U- U- it was a UFC movie. And um, it was about like, yeah, so John Moxley was a pro wrestler. Like, they used AW clips in the movie. And John Mo- but the name wasn't John Moxley. I forget what his name was. But he's, um, he's a pro wrestler who decides, yo, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I want to try MMA. And he like challenges some like it's not even called the UFC. It's like another promotion, but um, what the movie's like top promotion, their top champion, and Moxley challenges them and beats them. <laughs> and it's like first ever MMA. He gets a title shot for his MMA debut. That's <laughs> a goofy movie, but that's WWE shit. <laughs> well, it was it was goofy, but uh, he was badass. He was funny. He was he was good. <laughs> All right. Well, I, the maybe, movie wasn't good, but he was good. Well, maybe I won't check it out then. The fights were cool. <laughs> well, if if any of you out there have watched this straight to DVD, John Moxley becoming a MMA fighter from being a pro wrestler movie, uh, you should definitely let us know on social media. And juice, where can the people find us on social media? Well, I'll tell them, but in a second, I need to find the title of this movie so I can tell people. If they want to watch it, Cage Fighter. That's what it's called. Cage Fighter. That's about right. Done Fubu. If you're Fubu, dude. You can, you can Fubu, watch. I think, is also a free app with Roku. 
You watch it for free. <laughs> Very fitting for the movie that it's able to watch for free. <laughs> Just burying this movie. Sorry, Mark. So much. All right, social media. Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. T-O, T-C, underscore, P-O-D. Our lowercase is on Instagram. So follow us, talk to us, and thank you for listening. Juice out, Billy. Take it over. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you are leaving us that five-star review because if you, specifically you, that person, not leaving us that five-star review, you will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. But again, thank you to everybody that has tuned in. And as always, we... We'll catch you next time.